0: We are live. Welcome to the line, Mr. Leon, how you doing?
1: Good, boys. Good. Nice to be here. Thanks very much for having me along.
0: Yeah, great yeah, to have we, you in on my We love uh, getting catching up with our members, hearing what's good, hearing what's working, hearing uh, what you've put in place. So for those that are at home, I would like to set the scene and then I'd like you to fill in some blanks. So this is what I know. So Leon, you joined us about 12, 14 months ago sort of thing and that kind of band. Uh, you've really worked on your team, your clients, your site, your office, your sales process, how you charge for quotes. You've signed some good contracts, uh, at some good margins. You've put in place some, some really nice systems around your, your team and how your team relay information back to the office so that variations and other things aren't missed. And you've bought some time back. You've been mounted biking in Tassie. You're off to Bali for nine days uh and you've achieved a, a certain level of a business maturity date there's obviously levels and you might want to progress further from here in a couple of years time but you've kind of achieved what we call a bmd or business maturity date a finish line for the business of where you're at how far off am i can you fill in the gaps that i've missed give us a little breakdown of who you are where you are and what you're working on
1: yeah, sure thing. Um, look, yeah, you've, you've, you've definitely covered most of the, uh, you know, the stuff that I've implemented since being with the TPB group. Um, you know, it, I guess coming into it, um, I really wanted to buy back time. That was the biggest thing for me. I'm not a money man. It's all about me um, having the time to do the things that I want to do, um, those things that are important to me, like family, getting out and mountain biking and going away on holidays. So really my focus was to make sure that I could um, information together around what we required as a business to make things better and more efficient and for me to be able to step away from those jobs and hand them down to delegate to other people. So that was the biggest thing that I really, you know, focused on and did work really hard on getting those uh, in place. So certainly uh, exactly the systems that you've just spoken about, if you wanted to go into some of them, then more than happy to to start um, working through them.
0: Yeah, man, 100%. So let's uh, lay the foundation in regards to your role and the structure of your team. So who you got, what kind of work do you do, and what's the role that you play?
1: Yeah, sure. All right, so we're, we're a small business, um, mainly looking at uh, extensions and large-scale extensions and renovations and also custom-built homes. So there's about eight of us in total. Um, we do have a work experience fella, a young fella that comes in on uh, one day a week as well, which uh, brings us up to nine during the week. But it's, so I'm, I'm the business owner, I'm the, uh, the manager, um, and then underneath me I've got a construction manager as well um, slash supervisor. He manages the team of guys under him uh, and the sites, and deals with the clients as well. Um, predominantly, uh, his job is to move between the sites to make sure that they're running smoothly, to meet with his team, and to you know get the um, you know details from them that he needs to, to then bring back to the office for me. Um, each site uh, we have. Uh, a foreman a site foreman who is also a working carpenter so a carpenter slash foreman um who then manages the team underneath them um, so we typically run teams of three so we have a, sort, a site foreman we have a carpenter and then an apprentice as well as part of that group running about um you know anywhere between sort of five or six projects a year so normally two to three projects at each uh, you know Running simultaneously or whatever. Projects are predominantly at five hundred thousand dollars plus. We try not to do anything less than that. Um, to a rough turnover somewhere between two and a half to three million dollars a year um, at the at the moment um, with that with that team, and that seems to be working pretty well for what we've uh, what we've currently got in place. I
0: love it. I love it. And uh, where did you do? You typically, find your guys? Do you like train them up from apprentices? Like for example, the supervisor, you know, slash construction manager. Were they? Did they used to be a foreman, or how have you chosen to find you guys?
1: It's funny, right? We're a very tight new group here, and um, it's funny. It's built over the last twelve years. Like, so, so it's been twelve years since I started on my own, and I was just a single operator, right? And uh, then I just got myself a team around me. So. Originally, uh, the guy that is now my construction manager/slash supervisor was my apprentice back when I was a uh, back when I was a contracting carpenter. Um, he worked me for a number of years um, after his time, and then up, and then we went off and did his own thing. Uh, once I start up, started started up my own building company, he then sort of wanted to come back on board again, so I brought him back in as a working carpenter/slash foreman. And we've slowly built around him and the team that we've brought in as well. Um, funny enough, his brother came on board as a as a um, an apprentice. So we've trained him up, who now has gone through the system, and now he is a foreman as part of the business as well. Um, so we've good. also brought in other, friends. yeah. So like it's been a real tight knit group as far as bringing people that we sort of know, friends of that, you know, and it's worked really well. So. The group that we've got now has actually been around, the core group has been around for probably at least seven plus years. Um, even one of my other head foremen, uh, he's been around for nearly 10 years as well. So we've really got guys that have wanted to stay around. We've trained up apprentices. We really believe in training apprentices. Um, you know, we, we, we know that they're the you know, the backbone. We need these young guys to come through and take over from us as we you know progress through the ranks. And, um, you know, we want to give them the opportunity to do that as well. So we definitely love training the apprentices as well.
0: Awesome. So, as your team is elevated, because you've done an awesome job of that career progression pathway, like you can point to two or three, three or four examples of, of that in your team. As that's happened, what's your career progression pathway look like? What have you stopped doing, and what does your existing role look like?
1: Yeah, cool. So definitely stopped trying to do um, the site-related stuff. So I used to spend a lot of time going out of the office on the site, and that's become almost zero now. I mean, I get out there when I need to, but that has really been something that's been delegated to Tim, my uh, construction manager. Um, we've put into place stuff that they can deal with Tim or they can deal with a site foreman for. They know who their site foreman is. We have a document that they 've given that shows them who their site foreman is. It shows them who their construction manager is, and how they can contact them so that's really another area that I've been able to buy back time that I'm not there spending a lot of time dealing with the client relation side of things it's managed on that level from from those guys um it's given me time to then look at the other things in the business and try and get get that better as well so that's probably the big thing and then just buying back time to be able to you know I guess back things off from my side so that I can spend more time picking my kids up from school and that which has been you know taken to school which has been important as part of you know what I wanted to be there for as a father so
0: 100%, man. Uh, and that's the kind of stuff that you don't, you can't do forever. So, you know, <laughs> kids aren't going to want you to know, pick them up from school when they're, uh, you know, just about to finish high school. So it's got to make the most of it when you can. I love that.
1: 100%. Yeah, yeah, Sam. yeah.
0: How, how did you
2: decide what role in the office you were going to stop doing first from between office management, pricing, project management, contracts administrator? Sales, how did you decide what you were going to get off your plate
1: first? Yeah, I just looked at the ones that um, I, I guess that I didn't like that because, A, I don't want to do it or B, I'm not good at doing it, or it was going to take me away from the office where I figure that that's my best time spent, right? Because that's where I would do my best work. So that way, if I'm traveling each day, uh, meeting things, going to meeting clients, and that, for, for not the right reasons, then it's taking the time away from what I should be focusing on. So that was one of the ones that I said if I can get those things in place, let the boys deal with that, because they're great at doing it. I've just got to train them up and give them the right processes to do it. Then that oh, that that was probably the biggest thing for me. I really I really enjoyed this um, some of the um, office stuff. Like I still want to hang on to some of that, which I still have, even though I know you guys have probably told that I need to, you know focus on on getting other people in. But it's somewhere where I I guess I've enjoyed doing it, and I feel I've got a good um, overview of the business in that respect, and I can sort of see all the different moving parts, and and I can manage it. So as long as I can manage it, then I'm happy in in doing it myself.
2: Awesome. And what systems have been most helpful? In that transition, either for you to what you're stepping into, and then secondly, for your team to make sure that you know, scheduling still runs smoothly, they capture variations, they're able to set up jobs correctly, et cetera
1: yeah sure so great thing so I've, I've sort of listed some of those today because i think that they are really great um you know processes having place for everything and so i guess it starts with the team first so making sure that each one of them had a job description that knew what their job was um they knew what their what they had to do each day so you know we've set up now uh, the morning stand-ups we've got the scrum boards going they've got daily logs they do via build a trend now so every single day um we can see what's going on they can upload that information there's questions getting thrown onto that so that i can see that going i can deal with it or Tim can deal with it. So that's one of the things. The other was the client communication. Giving the client the information up front so they know, right? So when we sign contracts, contract or before we sign contracts, this is who we are. This is how we work with you. This is the process that we're going to go through in building you, your home or delivering your renovation project. And these are the people that are going to be helping you with that. So having that there so that they can clearly see it, they know who they are and they, and they can contact those people. Um, and then also the client communication side of things. I've set up this which you guys, uh, you know, you know want us to implement, was where we, at the end of every week, the um, the document goes out to the client that I send to them that tells them what's happened for that week, what we had challenging, what we're still going to do, with any variations, was there anything there that we still need information from then, and then what's happening next week so they know what's going on. That information gets sent on a Friday afternoon from me. I deliver it every week at the same time. Then, then they know exactly what's going on and they don't waste time asking me multiple questions throughout the week. Waste, you know, not wasting time, but it's costing me time to do that. So that was another big one. Um, and also the variations procedure for them as well. Yeah.
2: So just on those, how specifically, because it's all about positioning that upfront with the client, the process, the benefits, here's how we're going to work with you. How did you position, A, that meeting so and the report you send through, and, B, capturing variations and signing them off procedure? How do you position that in the first or second conversation with them?
1: Yeah, so look, I I definitely, a lot of my stuff comes from, uh, a lot of our work, I should say, comes from um, referrals. So definitely client referrals and that, so they know that process is probably already happened anyway. But the first thing that I sent them is that information pack, right? So that is already a 12-page document that covers a lot of that stuff already. And and then it becomes part of the conversation when you're talking about costings and contractual things and all that sort of stuff. It just becomes part of that. Um, some of them are a little bit earlier in the process where they might want to know a little bit more um, earlier on. But certainly um, we have that conversation they've already seen who their um you know the, the documents's been given to them, who 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 their foreman and stuff is, and then the process is about the variations which can become part of the, you know, let's say part of the contractual um, talk as well, because there's obviously variations as part of that in the contract signing, so again, we'll reflect back on that as well. so it it, it depends in to each client as where it does come in, but certainly the first thing I sent them is that information pack which covers the vast majority of that information.
0: Nice, cool. So. I just want to switch gears here for a second, Leon. Like I'd love to understand, cause when, so we caught up like three weeks ago, four weeks ago now, maybe, uh, we were in Melbourne, we caught up with some other members and, uh, you turned up and you had this cheeky grin on your face and you go, yep, just signed up another client. And we're like, awesome, man. How did that go? So you talk, you walked us through on the day, how you charged for your quotes, confirmed a good margin in your pricing for profit, and that you then sign the agreement on your way to dinner with us. So walk us through your sales slash pricing process, because it's, it ties what we've just been talking in as well, you know, info pack, presentation of quote, all that sort of stuff. So do you mind just walking us through that, generally speaking?
1: Yeah, sure. All right, so I guess I guess to tie it together a little bit is maybe just looking at the network side of things and who I've got as part of, part of my network and how that ties in. So I guess network, I've got a couple of architects that I'll work alongside and also a designer as well that i work alongside. So I do get some work from them. Um, and I've been trying to, um, I guess, uh, teach them the benefits of getting a builder in nice and early on a project so that they can A, help the architect along the, the way and also B, the client as well um, to deliver a better job um, with uh, more understanding and more structure around you know the costings and all that side of things because I think that that gets, gets lost a bit. So um, since obviously um, implementing some of um, these things into the business, being that this uh, charging for quotes, which is always a really hard, I think it's a, early on for builders is a really hard thing to understand. Um, when you're starting a business out, you're like, I can't charge for quotes. I can't charge for quotes. I'm only just starting, I'm trying to get my business going. I, I, you know, I just need to get some work. And that's exactly where I was, right? But now that I've been there and understood how much I've done over the years of if not charging for quotes and how much time i haven't been paid for it's like this is a no brainer i need to be doing this because you know i need to be getting money for my time so now we've we've implemented exactly what you guys have you know um, taught us to do which is to charge for quotes right and we call ours well, in, in our process that we we use, we call it a feasibility agreement. So we get in nice and early with the clients, right? We tell them that they're, that they're having us on board is only going to benefit them because we're going to save them money with consultants, we're going to save them time with the designers, we're going to save them time with spending money to get into a point where they haven't got enough money and then they've got to go backwards and 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 yeah, it's going to cost them to redo all their plans and that. So we get them in nice and early, given that information and show them how we're going to give them the best process possible to get to their you know to their finished um, product. Um, and we put a fee on that, you know, and we make it, you know, a good fee. We charge $3,500 for our feasibility agreement. It gives them two versions. So we do one version as the initial estimate, and then there'll be a second iteration of that. And then, and then we, um, and we finish it there. And from that point, it then goes, if they're happy to go ahead, then it goes to the construction phase of, of design work. And then we'll do our full fee proposal after that for a, you know, a, um, a construction proposal, if you want to call it a quote. So that's something that has really um, we've had huge we had huge benefits from. I've sold multiples of them now. Some of them haven't gone all the way to construction, but a vast majority have. And the one we were just talking about um, the other week was, again, it was through an architect, um, and he's really understanding the value of having me on board early and getting that to the clients early. So we signed a feasibility agreement with them, delivered a, a preliminary estimate to them that they were happy with, and then from there that we went to the next stage, which was actually locking in a construction um, slot for the job to go into. So again, that came at a cost as well. So we've already paid, well, they paid $3,500 for the, for the initial um, estimate or the, um, you know, the feasig- feasibility agreement. And then after that, we went to the next, which was this construction uh, proposal with a, a, a locking in a time for their for their, um, for their build as well, giving them a date that we can actually start from. Um, and yeah and then we've gone through the next stage with the job starting next week so you know it's a 1.2 million dollar job um, really good job good margins and you know and we were upfront with everything as well the, the client could see all my costs like I've got them on a spreadsheet because that's how the process works so you know there's nothing hidden everyone's out there you know understands what it's going to be so we have found huge benefits from doing that and also getting paid for our time is another thing you know that, that we needed we, we really needed to do
0: so good well done and
2: what what, what did you need to change mindset wise because you hear a lot of people think well i can't do that because there's other guys offering free quotes like that's not possible in my town or city how did you decide that you were going to do things differently and what would you switch mindset? Yeah,
1: well, really, the first thing was just me going, "Why am I doing these quotes and not getting paid for it?" For goodness' sake, I'm spending hours and hours and hours on this time, and you don't enjoy it if you're not getting paid for it. Who enjoys What well, you going to work and not getting paid? Then why would you do that? You know, and that was the big thing. But the biggest thing was you guys, I guess, you know, coming on board and that and saying, "Hey, guys, you need to be doing this." And then, you know, I'm sure there's other members out there that have come out and said exactly what I've said. And I listened to them and just said, well, I'm going to do it. What what have I got to lose? What have I got to lose? And they can only say no, right? So definitely it was that. Like, you know, we we all want to get paid for our time and it's only fair. And the client understands that. If you say that to the client, listen, this, this quote's going to take me 16, 18, 20 hours like, would you want to do something for nothing? No, they wouldn't. And they, so, as long as you're giving them and helping them understand that, then they get it. But it all comes back to as well, Marty, is making sure that you're you're positioning yourself as the best as their right builder and the best builder that you can possibly have. So again, it comes back to setting those foundations up early, presenting them with the that you are the best builder for them, and then the decision for them is pretty much an easy thing, right? So I guess that's that's the
2: yeah. Well done. And if you've yeah. got the volume then you're not, you're not desperate to take a job either cheap and compete on price to win the job to keep you guys busy or price it for free. Because if you've got plenty of deal flow, plenty of work coming through, you're booked out for your team's capacity six, 12 months in advance with work at a great profit, then you can position yourself. You can take that position. But a lot of people don't put the work in up front to make sure that A, they have good deal flow and B, they're positioned as the go-to builder. Like, we have a separate uh, trust account for your build so you know I'm not running off to buy a Ford Ranger. We have a guarantee that's over and above the master builder's guarantee. We have These are our site systems. Here's our quality assurance checklist. This is Bob. Bob's going to be on site each day. Here's how we do our weekly reports, etc. They don't put that work in up front, even though they may be doing a lot of it. So the client doesn't see the value because they're not putting forth the process and sort of pulling back the curtain on how we work and how we make sure that you're Biggest investment of your life comes out how you expect it Should.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And those testimonials too, I guess, as well. Like backing up that information that you send to them to say, right, here's a video testimonial. Here's a here's a previous client. Here's a project we've um, delivered before. You know, go and talk to these people and having them as well. Um, you know, represent your business and put your, you forward as their you know preferred builder.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, No, I haven't, I think, I'm just trying to remember how quickly I implemented something like that. I I think it was probably about maybe the, between the three and six month, you know, uh, process in the in the in the training that we started looking at that. Um, and that became and then I just had to obviously then um, get that document together and, and make it work. But again, it was just a, using a template that you guys provided, um, altering it to suit whatever we were trying to sell. And for us, it was what we were what I like to call a feasibility agreement, because I, like I said, I'm trying to get in early and a lot of these clients are trying to figure out whether they're whether this project is feasible for them. Is it going to be? Is it going to be too much? Is it going to cost too much? Can we afford to do this? Uh, yes or no? It's not. So I think that there was giving them good value in that and taking the responsibility away from the designers or the architects. Which they just sometimes don't have that um, understanding of what co- true costs are. So um, yeah. So I reckon it was around about that point that I did it. And I think since implementing it, so it's only been implemented maybe six months. And I think in that six months we've sold seven of them, or something six or seven of them. So you know, at three and a half thousand dollars, so you know, really good turnaround from you know twelve months ago.
0: So yeah, yeah, awesome, man. Pleased to hear it. Uh, Fantastic. I'd I'd like to switch gears a little bit again since we've kind of walked through the pre-construction side of things. I want to jump into like the on-site systems and how they flow into the office and how you coordinate all that because this is an interesting one. Like quite often at the size that uh you're at we're really looking at the potentially the next person that we bring on being like a contracts administrator or a really strong office administrator or something like that and you don't have somebody in the office full-time is that correct
1: no i haven't it's all still done by me um i've obviously tried to uh, delegate as much as I can down the ch- down the chain. But um, there's certainly, that was definitely the next step for me was to then like, look, okay, can I afford, um, do I need what, you know, as far as an officer man- manager's concerned, then that frees up that time for then, okay, what does that look like for me from there?
0: Yeah, totally. But you've done a good job of, because that person hasn't existed. You had to ask the boys to step up and take care of their own shit often. Uh, so what is the flow of info back into the office? How do you manage that? Is it a spreadsheet, pen and paper, software, daily stand-up? So what does it look like for you guys?
1: Yeah, sure. So um, yeah, look at we so I guess the first thing is is how we manage to maintain the, the system working, I guess. And we've got um, we've got software that looks after that. So build a trend is our is our number one hub for everything. So it looks after our client communications it looks after our site relations it looks after our contract management and our scheduling as well so um and again it's a an online portal that the client that we sell to the client so listen you come with us build a trend, you know, it manages all that for you. You can see your live schedule, you can ask questions, you can see all your documentation, it's all kept in one place. So that's one big thing that I think that has been really helpful is having that all in one place that's accessible from everybody, all parties involved, whether it be my guys on site, my clients, um, you know, the office, whatever, everyone's got that um, bit. So that's the first thing. The second thing is how the the team of our team um, report back to me and to Tim as well. Um, So each, um, each foreman is responsible for looking after their site as far as carpentry is concerned. They've got a carpentry team that manage that site. They have daily standouts and scrum boards so uh again we've got a you know just a simple whiteboard up the boys just um, put all their gear up write the stuff onto and then they'll take a photo of that and then upload that um to build a trend they'll do daily logs um at the end of each day telling us what they've achieved um you know any challenges uh, and just a, you know they'll do a video log normally it's done by a video log and then we can see what's happened for the day um even if it's a question around a detail or something like that they'll just take a quick um, video of it say hey leon We're not quite sure how you want to execute this detail. Here are the options that we've got. What do you think? And then I can respond to them in that manner. Um, They also look after the um, doing all the scorecards for the guys as well. So we all do scorecards. Tim, the construction manager, looks after doing the scorecards for the uh, site foreman. The site foreman are then in charge of doing all the carpenters and the apprentices as well. And they report that back to Tim as well. And then he'll report back to me if it's required. So they're they're the sort of the the way that the communication works between um, the, the site. and and also back to Tim, the construction manager, and then back to me in the office. But it all does come back to one central hub. Um, nice. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love that because uh, quite often people ask me that question. It's like, what is the answer? What is the secret? And like, there's no silver bullet, there's only ever, only ever lead bullets, right? And it's like, you've got daily stand ups, a scrum board, daily logs that on video it f- feeds through Builder Trend, but there's multiple point people that are responsible for it. Like the foreman are responsible for the carpentry and they're responsible for the success of the project. And then that goes to Tim. And then that comes to you as well. Like there's not just one thing that's in play here. There's like multiple systems. You're almost building like a iOS, an internal operating system for everything to work around. So I love that. So using Builder trend you got the team with all their scorecards and everything. And then you said there was a third and final one.
1: Um, so then the other one, um, I guess, is the... Um... Oh, that's a good question. I did have something written down there. Not Sorry, totally stole, yeah. your, stole your thunder. No, light. that's all right. I'm, that's I'll, all right. I'll
2: just jump in there while while it gives the brain cells a couple of minutes to yes. keep on. I think there's a couple of overarching themes that you've done that are key to every successful building company. Is one, you've got clear job descriptions, clear scope, and accountability. So each person knows what they what they need to do what the scorecard is and whether mm-hmm. they're winning or not, whether they're off track. So you can course correct very quickly during a project. The second thing is visibility. So forecast versus actual, any uh, change orders, variations, etc. How how we're we going during the project, are we on time uh, leads to accountability. So visibility leads to accountability. If you don't have that visibility, then it's very subjective whether someone's doing a good job, are we on track? And you can't course correct because you don't know exactly where your work in progress is at. Yeah. But what you've done is made that all visible to everyone at different points from toolbox meetings, construction meetings, et cetera. Yeah, and I think, yeah, uh, yeah I, I'm just, uh, what did you have to do differently as a leader or how did you change as a leader to install this into your business, this operating system?
1: Oh yeah well that's that's a perfect question like I had to look at myself and see where the business was failing and the the, the business was failing at me because I, at, the, at the end of the day the, I am the business so it, it was I had to make a change the No one was going to make a change, you know, without me doing it. So that was the biggest thing. And that's what actually sort of triggered me to come to you guys originally is because, you know, I was at a, at a crossroads there where I said, well, you know, either I've got to make a change or the business is going to fall, you know, so that's it. So then I chose to, you know, to go down that right path, which was getting myself um, that understanding because at the end of the day, I didn't have those skills. I, I know I've only come through as, a, you know, as a, an apprentice to a carpenter and a carpenter to a business owner, right? So I didn't have that business mindset in me. So I needed to be put on the right path. I needed to understand what, um, what I needed to be doing to make things better and to create a better team. And uh, the only a team will only be good with a good leader, right? So if I'm not a good leader, then you know I've got no hope of running a good team. So by putting these things in place and slowly methodically working through them, and I guess understanding which ones were most important for, for, for my business, what I was what I was lacking in, what the business was lacking in, and then strategically trying to make sure I tick those things off in an order rather than running around, trying to fix all little problems. Let's just dial in the ones that are the most important. So I feel as though the time that I've been uh, at TPV doing this stuff, I've really dialed in on the ones that are going to make the most, um, you know, the most or the biggest difference. And that was just purely around me getting a good team, who already had a good team, but making them better by understanding their exact roles, what their requirements are, how they can be the best implemented into the business, or implemented into the business the best, um, and providing that information for them. So again, that comes to training as well, learning from you guys, how I can be a trainer and then then giving that to my team as well and saying guys this is what we need to be doing and having those meetings yeah
2: I love it I think a strong desire to win getting a clear plan for you and your situation and then looking at which holes do we plug in what order and you can do that from one a numbers perspective so the monthly management meetings like how many leads conversion rate average dollar sale margin etc and secondly on the roadmap overall like where are my holes like Am i having team challenges cool well do i have job descriptions do i have scorecards do we do a team toolbox meeting etc etc as you go up the big one i'd like to ask now though is most building company owners are very busy how did you carve off the time and how much time did you allocate each week to put these systems into your business
1: yeah cool um I, I basically put like did my default diary right that was the, the, the thing that you had to do first like where's all my time going if you don't understand where your time is then it's you know then you've got no chance of actually figuring out how you're going to implement things and where you're going to do them so you definitely need to time manage correctly right if you can delegate some of those things to other people and that could be external sources as well as internal sources you don't have to look at people that are already employed you can use utilize other systems outside of your business to do that but if you can get that done and take that time away then you can then and use that time to spend on fixing those other things or what you want to do inside the business. Um, And did did I spend a lot of time outside of hours doing that? No, I don't think that I did. I really think that I managed to do that within my 10 hours of every day. I tried to do 50 hours a week, right? So I was able to do that with as well as running my business. I was able to fit that in by making sure that I got rid of those items that I was wasting my time doing and someone else could do them for me. So that's the biggest thing I would say is to make sure you can fit that time in by removing some of the things that you shouldn't be doing. Um, And and that's how I got time to do that. And um, and then systematically just put the time down. Like you say, you've got to put it in your default diary to say, I am doing business management today for two hours. I have to do this. So if you don't do that, it just won't happen. It's simple as that.
2: Exactly. And I think looking at what's your PBR, what's your hourly rate, What's all the stuff that, like you say, you suck at, you procrastinate on, you don't like doing, someone else could do it better. And then on the Freedom Finder, what do we what do we carve off? What do we delegate or stop doing? And then the last one, the default diary, your builder's perfect week, when are you working on the high-dollar stuff? And for you, was that like first thing in the morning? Did you schedule lunchtime? So one is time, and the other one is did you pick a different place? So some of our members will go and sit in the cafe and have breakfast and do a couple hours' work. What did you do?
1: Yeah, look, I'm a creature of habit and um, I I like to be in a very, my same place and everything like that. So, everything I've done is basically from here in my office at home, right? So, I'm in a home office. um, I'd put my headphones on, I'd turn off my distractions, and I'd make sure that I could focus. And so, I'd just say to my site form, listen, I've got two hours today that I'm doing that. I'm not going to be available. I'm just going to be focused on doing that. And there wasn't some specifically in any time that I did them. I think it was just that I knew that it had to happen. A lot of the times when I came off TPB calls or a, a training session or whatever, and you got in that mindset anyway, just go and knock it out now. I've got it there. It's fresh in my mind. Let's just hit it, get it done on a paper. And like, I guess the, one of the things that I did learn along the way and I did say to Peter early on is that it doesn't have to be perfect. Like we always try and uh, aim for perfection, but just get it out there. If it's at 60%, just bloody get the thing out there and let the rest happen, right? Because, you know, if you try and aim for perfection, you'll never get the bloody thing out. So I think that was another thing that I learned as well is just just get it, get a bit done and then let the rest of it, you know, evolve as well. So, um, yes, yeah, so I guess that was some insight onto how things should have played out for me. Love it. Awesome. <clears throat>
0: You said something before that's really insightful to me and it was like you had to recognize and self-reflect that you were a great builder, but now you need to improve and sharpen the skills of being a business owner. Um, You know, I I totally believe in that as well. I think most management and leadership is the ability to manage and lead yourself, first and foremost. So what were the symptoms that you saw that you were like, you know what? I need to fix this rather than just be the frog in a boiling pot of water you know slowly boiling to death like what were symptoms that you saw that you then were like had the wherewithal to go ah there's a solution to this i just need to be a business owner instead of a busy builder just so other people can might be able to see those symptoms in, in themselves and connect the dots as well like what did you see that triggered you to reach for help
1: yeah, sure. So I guess the, one of the things for me was just the time side of things. You know, like I I just um, involved, immersed myself so much in the business and that, and and then it, the, the effect that it had on the people around me. You know, like my family and everything like that. So that that was probably mm-hmm. one of the things that sort of recognised that I wasn't the best being the best father and the best uh, husband that I could be as well. So certainly that was that was one of the one of the trigger points, um, just frustrations on a daily basis and and really looking at it and going well, where are they coming from and the fact that there was just nothing in place um, as far as systems were um, were called to to deal with those. So everything just kept coming back to me. Everything just came back to me, back to me. And I'm like, well, I'm the one that's dealing with all these problems. Surely there's a better way to be doing this, right? So having that now and putting these things in place so that the clients are dealt with, so the guys on site side are dealt with. So I'm not constantly getting that um, railroaded and hitting that brick wall every day. And being not up you know, and then not being able to do my work. And then the other thing was just not charging the right for jobs, right? You now, I'm a mut- like saying that this we're just I'm not getting paid for what enough for what I'm doing, you know, and it comes down to not getting paid for variations, not getting paid for my quotes, jobs being at too low a margins, whatever. And, and then saying, well, you know, what do I need to do? And that's when I come, you know, and, and when I started with you guys, and they're like, God, you got to be charging your 20%, 25%. You have to be doing that. You know, y- if you're not doing that, then the business is going to suffer. So, you know, that was the other side of things, was just understanding the money side of things as well and realising that, you know, to have a profitable business, you need to be charging the right, um, you know, the right margins and that for the, yeah. For the projects.
0: Yeah. Huge. It's like often we uh, we want to believe that we can participate in this like larger, wider economy economy. Uh, sort of theory of like oh well if i do it at this kind of like my subbies will be all good my team will be all good my client will be all good and that wider economy thinking is just like a false belief whereas that's actually not how this operates you need a per project profits to be well and high margin businesses when we need to make sure that your per project profits are first and foremost dialed in so that you can support your team thereafter, support your subs thereafter, support yourself thereafter, support your family thereafter, right? So, yeah, 100%. What does it look like now then? Like where are you at now in terms of some of those things that you saw? Like there's no such thing as perfection, but uh, where are you yeah. At today?
1: Yeah, look, certainly it's, buying back the time thing has just been a huge, right? Like I, things have changed so much on that level. Like um, I was just you know, talking to my wife on the weekend and stuff like that and saying that, you know, before – you know, 12 months ago, two months ago, that I wasn't able to do these things. And now I actually am finding time to go away on a family holiday, you know, that sort of stuff. Um, taking my kids to school and picking them up from school. Um, you know, my wife's just started back full time again and I'm still doing those things, you know. So it, it really has freed up a lot of time. And that was, again, I'll, I'll go back to saying that that was the most important thing for me was just buying back that time. It's not like I'm not hugely money driven. That's not what I'm about. But I certainly wanted to run a good business that made me a good, li- good living, but I had the time to do the things that were important to me. And that's the big change now as I do have that time. Um, and still, you know, there's t- nothing's perfect, mate. I, we know that. Like, my business is far from perfect. I know that. I'm not going to... You know, a city pissing, you know, <laughs> pissing that it is, but it it it's better. Its things are a lot better, and I can see how I can make things better as well. And now I've got that um, knowledge and that understanding, and and just in myself, I've become a better person for that, and a better businessman as well. So, um, you know, there's just skills that you know that I didn't have, and now I do. So it's been huge for me. I, I'm interested in what
2: what you say there. Like, you've become a better person. In, in what ways, like? Karma, more patience like what what do you mean i
1: think yeah so that's a good question so yeah i think it, it i've understand understood more how to deal with um trouble how to deal with problems right and we talk about this problem solving method right and 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 that has really helped you know as yeah, far as yeah you know, it's so yeah, good right it's like it take is the monkey off your shoulders and put it somewhere else help me make these you know help me deal with these problems and look it hasn't completely got rid of them like we let's be honest we live in a imperfect world nothing is perfect right but it certainly helped to 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 for that to be so yeah i'm not getting as frustrated you know where you just go you know you want to yell and scream and that you don't get anywhere doing that i'm not that type of person but you know what i mean it just it's just helped me to be a little bit more calmer and and not have as many of them all right that was the biggest thing is to try and reduce them you're always going to have problems but you've just got to try and manage them and reduce them that's all so it certainly helped in that respect so maybe yes it has made me more calmer <laughs> it's just um the job still has its stresses. Obviously, it does. As a business owner, you've always got stresses. Um, you know that's just part and parcel of, of, of that. But yeah, certainly, um, certainly helped me manage those things better. In- anything else like confidence and what's possible, belief for the
2: future? Uh, yeah, yeah.
1: On. Well, I think yeah, I think it's it's certainly um, giving me more clarity um, on 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 who I or what I'm capable of doing myself as well. And it's, I guess, from this experience as well, it's actually opened up another area of thinking for me where I want to start helping other people as well. I want to look at how I can benefit other people rather than just me, whether it be in my team or outside of that as well, because I believe I've got a lot to offer, um, you know, to the, to, the, to new new, new um, prospects coming through to apprentices. We've got three apprentices at the moment, one of them just signed off. So he's come to me on Friday and saying, you know, this is what I would do, encouraging him to go out and do what he's wanting to do. You know, I want to be able to, you know, help other people as well. It's not always about me as a business owner. I think it's about what you can offer to other people as well.
0: Definitely. Well said. Nice. So what does the future look like for, for you then? So from here, Uh, if we were sitting down 12 months from now having a beer what does it look like for you and the crew?
1: Well, yeah, that's, that's a really interesting one, Arnold, and it's something that has been, yeah, it's certainly been flying around in my head lately and um, I'm probably still working on what that's going to be, but I'd certainly like to think that the team has more opportunity um, in the business is what I'm probably getting at and, um, and seeing um, what they want to do as far as, um, you know, brightening their future and giving them better uh, future prospects as well. So at the moment, that's where I'm at. Um, I am getting to a point where I think I need a break I think that I've had um, yeah twelve years now, and it's it's been full on. So I'm definitely trying to put things in motion now that gives me a little bit more time to step away from the business as well, and and then um, and just sort of reassess my yeah you know, future thinking as well. I guess what what opportunities I've got there for myself.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. The uh, the exercise that <clears throat> is most relevant for that is the one that we do with our boardroom members called the hundred day holiday. So the hundred day holiday is exactly like it sounds. We take 100 days off okay but there's levels to this so for example bronze level is you taking every weekend non-negotiably and not working if you take every weekend off you actually have 100 days off over the year i think it's like 104 or something right so the 100 day holiday could look like the bronze level where you're just taking weekends off non-negotiably it could look like something in the middle where you're taking long weekends and you're stitching that over a holiday every 90 days and 100 days across the year through long weekends and whatnot. Or they're going like taking a 90 day block off a full quarter and pressure testing your retirement pressure testing your management team. If I were to go away, oof, what breaks? Right? What's the general <laughs> manager? What's the construction manager? What's the sales process? What's the office management process? What management team do I need in place? And that's what many of our boardroom members do is they do the 100 day holiday prior to retiring or business maturity date. But you can aim for the silver level, or you could aim for the bronze level. Many members that join us just need to aim for the bronze level: stop working nights, stop working weekends, take a hundred days off over the year. But maybe you're at the silver level now, and you yeah. can identify yeah. that hundred days over the course of the year.
1: Yeah, for sure, for sure, well, uh, definitely, something like that I'm, you know, that I'm working on now and um, putting things in place to, I guess, make that all make that all uh, make sense and work i guess so yeah
0: exciting awesome yeah so what would you say to a builder that's just starting out or is in some of the situation that you experienced 12 months ago like what would you say to them
1: yes for sure like listen um you know we we can't do it all ourselves we definitely need help along the way um you know i guess i figured that i don't know everything and and i needed that um help to become a better business person so certainly don't be afraid to get out there and accept that you're you know that you're failing in some areas and you need help that's the first thing is is, is recognizing that and then uh, and then putting the steps in place to get it done you know making that decision to to, to, to be, um, you know, to, to spend time on getting it better. It's not going to happen um, without you. You have to do it. It stops with you. Um, but, you know, the other side of it is so much better, right? You can, you'll have a business that's, you know, that's running better, it's smoother, you have less stresses and, you know, that should be more profitable. So, um, and then for the younger guys that are coming up in there, I mean, it's, I know it's a big, uh, it's certainly a big process and don't try and get too big too quickly, I guess is what I'd say is make sure that you've got the foundation there to build on so that you've got all those things in place that are going to help you and stop you from falling over Um, and and i guess you know the tbv is a perfect example of how you've got that crutch there that can help you uh, that can provide you with all that support that you need to put you on the right path to understanding the right systems and processes that you need in your business to grow it successfully and and without you know um, you know too many fails along the way i would say so um, and, and and believe in yourself you know if it's something that you're passionate and you want to do just you know Put your best foot forward and really have a have a good go at it, and um, I'm sure that you'll be successful. Awesome, man, love it. What, what what
2: would you say, Leon, That's been the number one resource or the number one tool that's helped you the most. If there was one that stood out,
1: well, I'd say there's probably a couple, but the biggest thing is, and I'll say is profit. Your profit pricing for profit. You have to be charging 25% GP, otherwise the business will not be in a in a in a great financial position. That is just the simple number that you guys give us. And we know that we have to be doing that. Um, And then I suppose the the other one would be, uh, probably the, along the line of the team side of things. I, I, I just know without a good team um, that you'll really fall down on that. And by having a good team, then you can delegate that. So any of those trainings around the teams, if you're trying to build your business, you need the team around you, then spend the time in getting your team, um, you know, like as far as getting their job descriptions in place so they understand what they've got to do. They know their role in the business, how they're going to work with you as well. So um, I, I think they're probably, the you know, the two biggest things that I've got out of it. Awesome definitely
2: numbers and your team.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Leon, you've answered all of my questions. You're an absolute rock star. Fucking love seeing our <laughs> members succeed and I love uh, catching up for dinner three weeks ago. Oh, uh, yeah, that was like, brilliant. Yeah. You know, like, signed this job up, pricing these contracts. And I'm just yeah. like, fuck yeah, Leon. Yeah. Couldn't have to do a better guy. I'm so nah, sorry, man. You put wow. it in the hard work and you're getting the results.
1: And look, it comes again. It came from you guys, and that's how I got it done. If it wasn't, if it wasn't with you guys telling me how to do it, well, I'd still be back, you know, doing the same thing, not getting paid for my quotes, not getting paid for what I should be. So 100%. And look, that, that night, I mean, we, we was great catching up in Melbourne. It was lovely to actually see face to face, um, have that opportunity. Um, but then, you know, I felt that time that we had with those people um, that the other TP members that were there and I did share with them, you know, it was amazing how they gravitated to that and listened really carefully and intently on on me sharing that information. And I guess that's what, you know, the, the benefit of it and that's what I get enjoyment out of is not just what I've got out of it, but what other people can get out of it as well.
2: I think that's the good thing about the community is yeah. sharing, uplifting others, sharing wins, and, and you get that confidence. You're like, well if he can do it, then then I can do it. And not only that, I can ask him how he did it. And he's willing to share because he's had other people lift him up. And there's coaches that can help me implement it. And there's templates that I don't have to spend 20 or 30 hours trying to figure out how to invent
0: 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's in your best interest to verbalize the things that you've got, right, so that you remember it. And when you remember it, you repeat successful actions. And that's fundamentally all we need to do in business is repeat successful actions and find the successful actions. And you can find them through trial and terror, or you can find them through a playbook that's already in place. But once you've found them, don't fucking forget them and then repeat them. And the best way to remember them is to verbalize them and tell other people about them and to schedule them and make it happen. So yeah, I'm hundred percent with you. Awesome, man. Any final thoughts, final words before we wrap this up?
1: Uh, look I just I just want to say to everyone out there in the in the community um, it's been awesome um, you know uh, with, with having you guys there as a support for me as far as a business owner concerned. there are so many great members out there that I've really um, seen grow along the way and help me to be better as a, as a business as well. So I just want to say big thanks to everyone because um, without them it certainly wouldn't have been as easy as what it is now so um, yeah huge shout out to all of the other TPB members out there. Thanks again for helping to bring me along the way as well. Love it. Your staff. Awesome, guys. Appreciate much, you, Mark.